Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon all, and welcome to today's episode of the Ish Plus Six podcast, the podcast series where you could discover your next favorite artist. Today I am joined by the one and only Indianapolis, Indiana-based Scuba Diver. Scuba Diver's most recent release is a single entitled Pop Song and an album entitled Stealing Traffic Combs. You guys should all make sure you go and check them out. Please all welcome Scuba Diver to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ish Plus Six podcast, the podcast series where you could discover your next favorite artist. I go by Ish, and today I am joined by the one and only Scuba Diver. Let's go, let's go, let's go. What's going yeah. on, man? How's it going? How's it going? I'm good, man. Thank you. Are we going by Scuba Diver for this interview, by the way, or is it... Uh, uh, you can, if you want. Yeah, Scuba Diver, Scuba. Also, my name, my regular name is just Chris. If you want to just call me Chris, I mean, that's Chris. good, too. I'm chill with that, yeah. Yeah, because literally, no, I can't find your actual name anywhere online. So you're doing a good job of, um, yeah. <laughs> of keeping yourself incognito. Scuba yeah. Diver's real name. Yeah. <laughs> That's sick, man. That's sick. Um, yeah. So you're coming to us from Indianapolis, Indiana, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. The US of A. So, of course, you've seen the inter- you've seen the podcast before. We always start off with a joke, and today is no different. Let's just get right into it. What yeah. was Billy doing in class? What was Billy doing in class? Billy dancing. You don't need to laugh. It wasn't. It wasn't that funny. It wasn't. That... I'll, I'll humor you a bit. Don't worry. Oh, I'll humor man. you just a little bit. Cool. Um, yeah, that was a short one. But without further ado, let's get right into the questions. Right. So I actually discovered you as an artist on TikTok, funnily enough, and I'm sure most of your current fans will have discovered you on TikTok as of recent as well. Yeah. You've recently been blowing up quite a lot. You've gained a lot of traction from them. Um, and you have a wide range of different comments on all of them as well. But mm-hmm. what I'd like to know is what your least favorite type of comment is to receive on TikTok. Oh yeah, that's a good. Okay, thank you for asking this, by the way, because I don't really get to talk about that that much. Because I don't like to, you know, get really negative with it. But I'll get a little bit light. But like, but like, here's the thing. Like, the one comment I don't like to see the most is something like, "Just when they're being like, they're just hurting my feelings." You know I mean? <laughs> when they're like, they're like, "Ah, uh, bro, you're not gonna blow up. Like your music sucks. You're trash." And like, I get it if it's constructive criticism. Don't get me wrong. I love that. If it's like, hey man, uh, I I would like if it, maybe you play more on the melodic side because your melodic is is very good, right? I'd be like, okay, I'll work on that. Like you know, that's fine with me. But if they're just like doing stuff like that, and like, especially people are hyping him up too. If people are hyping him up, and it's like, okay, well you don't gotta do all that. You know what yeah. I mean? You know what like, hurts? What hurts the most is when the t- the comments that are roasting you have like five thousand likes or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, why are yeah. these people agreeing with him? <laughs> It's fine though. It bounces out sometimes with like you know people loving on me, which is amazing. But like those comments though, they they just they hit me sometimes, you know. I get yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. TikTok followers of Scuba Diver. Now you know. Now you know. Um... Yeah. <laughs> I might just have sent. Um, I might just have sent the horde to your TikTok now. That just could either be really good or really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
so you mentioned comments where they're hyping you up as some mm-hmm. comments that you like would you say that there were other types of comments that you like as well or uh are those the main ones oh well obviously it's nice to be hyped up you know it's just it gets like your ego boost or whatever but also it's like you no know, i love those comments where it's just like you know some people might like this but the, the uh constructive criticism stuff is really dope to me just because like one it's like because when you're working on music for so long you start to get kind of numb to what you're hearing and it's like oh well like some sometimes you don't really hear it from like an outside perspective right because you're working on it so long so when you get that it's it, when you get that like constructive criticism it's really valuable to have that like you know that information from other people especially your fans and what they want to hear because obviously i'm not making it for like just them and like what what they want 100 of the time i gotta please you guys like it's obviously like for me right but like still like it's just really nice to um you know hear their thoughts on it and like what i can change and what they would want to see me do better and how i can implement it and it's just a really cool process i like yeah exactly i mean do you have any examples of any quit system that you've actually taken on board and um i suppose implemented within your own work as a oh yeah oh yeah there was um i remember uh one of my albums, uh, Steel and Traffic Cones, that came out and it was good. Like everybody liked it. Oh shoot, my lights just went off. <laughs> everybody liked it. And um, but like most of the most of the criticism I got was like, hey man, uh, you should uh, you should get more energy in your vocals. You should bring your vocals up. You should start, you know, really just bringing your energy out and really presenting yourself, being more confident, right? And I was like, all right, bet I'll try it out. And at first it was really unnatural because I wasn't doing that before, right? And then like I was posting snippets of it and stuff, and people were like actually really vibing with it. And I was like, all right, well that's cool, you know, because I've actually implemented that into my work now. I'm like, people are actually, you know, enjoying it more because of actually taking their advice of bringing that energy and bringing that, you know, stability through each song of my vocals. And I'm doing that more and more each day. So hopefully it gets better over time, more and more. And I get you, yeah. Moving on from that, you've mentioned in the past that you make and sell beats to other people, other producers or other artists. Yeah. How do you determine which beats that you keep for yourself and which beats that you sell to others? Do you have a certain um, process that you go through where you're making it, where it's you where you set some time to make beats for yourself specifically or is it just mm-hmm. you make a beat and you decide who it's for that's interesting because here's what I, here's what i used to here's what the main thing i do mostly is if someone asks for a beat for me right i'll be like all right here um just hit me up i'll give them my cash up or something they'll pay me first right because they're paying me for my time not for my beat because if they cancel halfway through and i just spent an hour it's like you know it's yeah, like you know what i mean I you. so they pay me for my time first and then I make the beat for them, so they customize it, right? But then okay. sometimes what I'll do is like, I'll just sit down and make a beat, right? And let's say I make it for myself, like it's meant for me, and then I just end up never using it, right? I'm like, okay, well, I just won't use this. And I keep it in my files, and it sits there for like a month and a half. And then I'll like, you know, someone will say, hey, I want uh, this type of beat. And I'll be like, wait a second, I made that like a month ago, right? And I'll pull that out and say, hey, do you vibe with this? They're like, bro, that's perfect, right? And so it's like kind of like a win-win, right? So that's kind of, that's mainly how I do it is like, um, like it, it kind of just blends together. Like what, sometimes I don't really think about like I'm making a beat for me as I'm opposed to making a beat for someone else. Cause sometimes when you get put in that like mindset of like, oh, this is for me, you want to make it better than for someone else. 
because it's like oh this is like mine right it has to be better or like i gotta put more time into it because it reflects me but like uh personally for me it's like every beat that i make is a reflection of me so if i'm giving it to someone else someone with like a hundred thousand listeners or someone with like two like it's got to be a hundred percent me so that's yeah i get you yeah so it's like there's always a bit of yourself in each beat and people can you it's kind of like your trademark where people can recognize yeah. a beat from you when even if it's by a completely different artist basically yeah yeah that's what i want to try and do you know just like I, I wanted to get this point where like i had this saying where it was like i want to get to the point as a producer where i don't even have to put a producer tag like when people hear a beat that comes on they're like oh scuba diver 100 made that like that's where i want to get to the point right and yeah. so I, I slowly want to evolve to get there it's probably going to take a while it's not going to happen tomorrow or maybe even in two years it's going to, ha- it's going to be a long cycle but that's like the main goal it's like when i make a beat and someone hears it on someone else's track i don't even need a producer tag because people know that i made it you know like that's kind of like the main thing yeah exactly and i mean there are a lot of producers who have beats where you don't even need a beat tag when you've listened to them mm-hmm. like i can think of a bunch of the top like i don't know if you um know kenny beats for example yeah, his beats, beats are yeah. so recognizable it's crazy mm-hmm. that you don't even need the whoa kenny at the start of each you know at the start of the first verse yeah. of each track it's so recognizable with the way he uses his 808s and the way he mm-hmm um uses samples as well and yeah i mean i get you know the same would go for pierre Bourne as well i guess i'd say mm-hmm. that yeah I, I don't know if you are a big fan of pierre pierre yourself oh yeah i know pierre he's dope you know you, you know sure pierre really or you beats. just i don't know him. <laughs> I don't like, i'm not like hitting him up like hey man <laughs> you know that would be no, pretty cool I, it would be sick yeah but like i i love because his beats are so simple but he makes them work so well you know it's really dope exactly yeah and i love how he makes his producer tag a part of each track as well yeah instead of just shoving it sticking it out there yeah that's kind of what i i recognize with like people like uh um like uh wheezy i don't know his producer tag I remember it was on, I was just in the Donda by Kanye, his new album. And there was a song on there where Weezy just put his producer tag straight in the middle and it killed the vibe of the whole song. And I was like, you didn't really have to do that, you know? Like, you didn't have to flex that you made the song. Either put it at the end or at the beginning or, you know, but like, if you put it at like the middle of the song and it completely ruins like the vibe. So it was a really like slow song and like, it was all emotional and then it's like, Weezy out of here. And it's like, okay, well, we're not supposed to do that. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> And like, um, I was like, all right, well, fine. But I mean, if you put it at the beginning, it'd be fine. At the end, it'd be fine. But like, I don't know. I just feel like you got to integrate your, you know, producer tag well. I feel like it's a producer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, there were just so many. I can't come up with an example at this moment, but there were so many where the producer tag just sticks out like a sore thumb in yeah. what would otherwise be an amazing track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But yeah, I mean, what did you personally think of Donda though? By but like, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, on that. I I like Donda. Like when it came out, it was like what? It was like it was a long time ago. Now I keep thinking it was so close. It was like three months ago. But like, uh, I liked it a lot because I remember being hyped up at those listening parties and waiting for it to drop, and it didn't drop. And I was like, okay, come on, man. 
And by the third one, I wasn't expecting it, and it didn't happen, right? So I was like, all right, well, fine. But then it came out at like eight in the morning on Sunday, and I was like, all right. And so I played through the whole thing, and I loved it, man. I loved like I loved how like it was like so like as a producer from a producer standpoint, I loved how like sparse and like dark it was through the whole thing. Like there wasn't too many hi hats, there wasn't too many overproducing. It was like really simple. Like Jail, the first song off that album. It's just guitars, it's just vocals, and maybe some strings, and maybe some drums at the end. It's like four things, right? And they blend together so well to make this giant cohesive song. But like the whole album as this giant cohesive, like really dark and like almost kind of like depressing piece is just really fascinating to me. How like like Kanye can make something so I don't even know. So like it's so atmospheric in the way that it's like it's barren and it's dark and it's like it just feels like a giant concrete room. That's just kind of the way I would describe it. It's just so good. I love it. Really it really does feel like a concrete room, but how much of that would you say is influenced by the album cover itself though? Oh yeah, the album cover, I feel like I feel like the album cover contributed a lot because just the just being it completely black, right? Yeah. It just it made your mind kind of like it, it either it either it did two things for me one when i first saw it i was like all right that's kind of dumb and i wanted to change it right i want to be like okay because there's no way this is the real thing and there's there's got to be some way to change it because this is a kanye exactly. album this is like a i've been waiting for this for like two years it's not it's gonna be like a random no cover right and so uh but then like over time as you'll see the album it it kind of complements it in a way because it's like it the album is so sparse if you listen to hurricane Right, like the first thing you hear is the, that like bass note, and then you hear the the uh, the weekend come in. It's right? amazing, man. It's it's a it's a great song, right? But like, it's like it really does. It kind of does reflect the album, and like there there could be a case that like there's an album cover out there that could be better, right? But I think that black album cover does suit it now that I'm looking back because it is just kind of like it does kind of embody that album now that you know it's out for a while, you know, and we've just listened to it. It's I think it fits in kind of a weird way. Exactly. And when you think about the rollout for that album itself and how Kanye was dressing up, you know, how he dressed Kim as well in yeah. the run up to the album's release, just wearing complete, just com just completely dressed in black. It was, yeah. I, th I think it does fit it pretty well. Although... Yeah, do you know what? When I think about it, I think it does fit it pretty well. But realistically, that album cover could have been anything else and Kanye yeah. probably would have made it work just because it's Kanye. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, for me personally, it the album did have its flaws in that mm -hmm. it... I mean, just one glaring example to me is Hurricane. That for, I mean, that's more of a taste kind of thing. For me personally... He should have kept Ant Clemens on that song. Yeah, Ant Clemens, Ant Clemens did good. I don't know why he would. I mean, I guess the weekend has more star power, and he wanted to really reflect that. But like, Ant did just such a good job, and it's like a classic at this point. You know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of yeah. And at the same time, he could have had a similar thing happen with Ghost Town on the previous album, Yay where he had mm -hmm. 070 Shake, who wasn't, you know, as big of an artist back then, but she did the bridge on that, you know, the nothing yeah. else anymore part. And if Ant... And blew like, her up, yeah. Exactly, and she blew up from that. But if Ant mm -hmm. was the one who, you know, 
had the starting vocals on Hurricane, it could have ended up being something magic, like something truly magical. And I mean, even thinking about the weekend's vocals on Hurricane gives me chills, but Ant's yeah. vocals were insane, especially accompanied by Sunday Service Choir, choir as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that album had a lot of they had a lot of issues, but like I feel like like television. I don't know what that was. Like that whole interlude where it's like pop smoke. Like it's just it's so rough. It's so badly. I don't know. Just there's a lot of stuff that's wrong with it. But like in the grand scheme, like that's kind of what you're gonna get with Kanye, you know. So it's like you kind of gotta look past a little bit of it and just take it for like the good the good parts. I feel like, and I I I, I like the album. It's not like his best. It's not like. Oh, it's just this great magnum opus, the best thing he's ever done. But, like, I really do think it was a solid project. So, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it just, it should have been a bit shorter. That's that's my biggest right. <laughs> yeah, like an hour and 30 minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No reason, man, honestly. But, yeah, no, nah, it was it was good. It was good from Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so moving on from that, I've noticed that a lot of your more recent tracks, especially Stealing Traffic Cones, um, like tracks from Stealing Traffic Cones as an album, have been really sample heavy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, from other albums like, I guess, Apple, Side of Ranch and Scuba Season, you know, some of your earlier ones, um, they were less sample heavy. But I just want to know, how do you, how you determine which samples to put in your tracks? So a certain... um, process you go through or is it you know what's what's the process like for scuba diver yeah uh i think okay so what i do basically is like i'll just put on my headphones first i'll get on my phone i'll just browse through youtube right just just for like 30 minutes of like i'll look up oh samples bass samples 60 samples uh you know there's this guy on youtube who posts samples named andre navarro who's goaded shout out andre navarro uh he posts a bunch of samples and they're amazing but like, I think the main thing I look for is like one, if they have like a, a really good like rhythm, right? If they have like some sort of like drums that just really hit or some sort of snare or some sort of like, some sort of something that just drives it and it just makes it like, oh, you know, like makes you bob your head, right? Something like that. Just something that gets you in the groove. But like so- something else I would look for, probably more than that actually is like chords. If something has like really good chords, and something has like a really good catchy melody or is like just is really easy to like if i can hear it i'm like oh i can flip this and like it would sound so smooth right then i would definitely do that like um for an example uh there is this one this one the sample on uh walk which is like this woman and she's like she's like singing like in this like ooh or something like that and uh, like i heard that and i was like all right because it was really sharp and it transitioned perfectly every four bars. And I was like, wait a second, it's a good melody, right? At first, it's a good melody, but like it transitions perfectly every four bars. So if I chop it up at those perfect lines, I could just mix it around and it would sound cohesive, right? Yeah. And so I did that and I made this beat and I added the, I added these pianos and like these little drum hits and these like shakers and you put all this stuff on and it makes this beat and then it comes out to something brand new. And then like, you put some synths on there to really accent the chords and you put some other stuff on there to accent them. And it just really makes this giant cohesive, like symphony of like this sample shop. Right. And it's like, you wouldn't really get that at first if you didn't have like those chords from the basic sample, you know? So that's kind of the main thing I look for when it comes to samples. 
Yeah, exactly. It's crazy how something like as simple as just a woman going can snowball yeah. into a completely different thing, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a follow-up question from that is, what actually prompted the shift between producing everything, well, producing most of the track yourself to producing it from the sample? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, from, like, just, like, making the, from, like, playing on my piano to just, like, actually taking the sample and stuff. I think what it was, was after Scuba Season, I had made that whole album just, like, by myself, pretty much, on my keyboard, just, like, playing the whole chorus and everything, like, yeah, you know. And, like, sure, I added some, like, I think it was, like, maybe three or four sampled drums. Like, I pulled some drum breaks, and I sampled them a bit, right? But there was, like, nothing too big. But then after that, I was, like, like, I had this really, like, spike of, like, imagination. I remember I was sitting, it was sophomore year, I was sitting in my, my like, biology class, and I was, like, I had this idea. I was, like, wait a second. Like, I just want to make this different album. And I was, like, inspired by, like, Tyler Creator, like, Wolf, that album, and, like, yeah. Igor and the rough production and everything. And I was, like, well, I want to learn how to sample, right? And I never learned how to sample. And I was, like, um, well, I got to teach myself, right? I mean, how hard can it be? You just take a sample, you take a song, you find the BPM, you put it into your DAW, and then you chop it off at the BPM marks, and then hopefully you flip it around. And it sounds good, right? That's what my mind was at. And so coming off of Scooby season, I started to learn how to sample. And the first song I ever sampled, um, I forget the actual sample title, like what the original sampled song was, but the, the first sampled beat that I ever made is actually ended up on Apple Cider Ranch as Chill Song. And that was like really dope. How like, I don't know. Cause like the first actual sample I made actually came out sounding like good. So it's like, oh, this is kind of, it kind of gave me like a spark of like drive to actually want to sample more, right? And then like, it kind of even more snowballed that drive when like I started posting stuff on TikTok and people were like, oh, this production is like crazy. Like, this is amazing, right? When people yeah. said that to me, I was like, oh, that's, that's, people actually like this. I thought I was just making it and it sounded cool to me. Like, I didn't know people were actually vibing it with, with it like that. So it was, uh, it was really interesting to just kind of like switch it up. So basically the, the really the main reason was just cause like I wanted to switch it up. Like I just wanted to make a different album. Like, because I was, I was always inspired by like Kanye and Cuddy and stuff, how they like switch their albums all the time and yeah. how they like, they try out different sounds. And I was like, well, how cool would it be if like a kid, like how, how interesting of an album would it be if a kid who never sampled before made a whole album where he just sampled, right? That'd be yeah. so interesting. And so I made that, and that that's Apple Cider Ranch. That whole album is a kid who's never sampled before sampling, right? And there's there's stuff where it's like, you know, organic instruments, and there's like synths, and there's, you know, there's, there's little interludes and stuff where it's just pianos, you know? But it's like really, it's just a really interesting album, and I really, I really love that. So that's kind of where it came from. I get you, man, yeah. And I mean, literally, it's, it's so crazy how an artist will jump between worlds when creating mm -hmm. a new album it's like a whole new it's like literally everything about them changes when a new album comes out they enter a whole new era like literally tyler the creator yeah. is a glaringly obvious example about this of this where mm -hmm. he'll literally change his entire aesthetic his entire wardrobe when he creates a new album it's crazy mm -hmm. man yeah um in the first track of apple cider ranch you mentioned how 
in the future you'll be making millions um i want to know if you were to make those if you were to have those millions today what would you mm-hmm. spend them on musically speaking so we'll forget what chris would spend them on i guess but rather what scuba mm-hmm. diver would spend those millions on yeah uh, okay here's what i would do the first thing i would do is like uh if there was okay i'd probably upgrade my studio 100 percent. i'd probably get a bunch of different scents a bunch a, a bunch of different mics i'd probably get a bunch of soundproof because this wall is kind of you know this is like nothing up here there's like soundproof on the ceiling and stuff that you can't really see but like there's like you know I, I would I would soundproof everything. I would get better equipment, better mics. I would definitely update like Logic and all that. Like I would, you know, I'd pay, but I'd pay literally top dollar to get all the music equipment I could. Also, probably I'd get a little bit more. Um, I would get a little bit more. Um, what's the word? I would get. I would look for more features, I guess. Like I would like. No, I wouldn't be afraid to pay for features from people because I would have like the resources to, and those would really help. Like if I had like unlimited money or something like if i had like a million bucks i, w- I could spend like maybe a hundred thousand on a feature right hundred thousand is pretty steep for a feature though yeah i know if it's if it was like something like i'm, I'm trying to think who would pay a hundred thousand for a feature i know there's people like i, I think chippy red costs like sixty thousand but i don't know if he would fit on one of my songs but like yeah. i'm just i'm just i'm just thinking right i'm just thinking but like you know but like if i had you know money for features i would definitely utilize it because like first it grows your community with other communities and then also like you know like you get to hear how people sound on a certain song and then also it brings people from their community to yours it's just it's just a dope thing to have features because it's like it's almost like when two people collide like also it's when two people collide and it's like it makes a really cool song and i I don't i didn't want to interrupt myself but what i was gonna say is like i feel like features nowadays are like people passing it off and like basically like oh here's a chorus uh here's a verse here's a chorus now you do your verse bro like okay that's kind of that's that's cool but it's a little bit boring now i it would be really cool to experiment with like you know maybe you got like there's like a whole different energy like there's another dude in the, maybe the feature in the back is hyping you up as you're doing your verse and then does his verse right like it, there's gotta be like different dynamics and so i just think it'd be really cool to experiment like if I got like the weekend on a song or something, like that would probably be a lot of money. But like, still, if it I would did, be, yeah. like that would like, it would be it would be crazy. Like, first of all, not even it, it. Sure, it would like get my numbers all the way up, right? I mean, it's the weekend, but still, it would like, it would just be like the coolest song ever because it'd be the weekend on my production, and it would be like I could do whatever I want, and it would just be so dope, you know. So that's what I would. That's what Scuba Diver would spend his money on if he had the money to do anything. You wanted yeah. i get that man yeah and i mean honestly the weekend is probably one of those more it's one of those artists that i wouldn't have even thought about being on one of your tracks yet when i think about it he would fit amazingly on one of them i i, I think yeah. i like to think he would yeah yeah i mean i got a lot of stuff in the vault where it's like it's completely different like i like because like I, like i said like i like i like uh switching album like tones and stuff and from Still in Traffic Cones to this next one, it's a complete like tonal shift. Like it's like Still in Traffic Cones was all like, oh yeah, let's go, bro, yay. And then like this one is like, oh wow, that was like not what I expected at all. Like I can't really give too much away because it's like I really don't know how to explain it, but it's like like 
the weekend would fit pretty good. And I feel like if I got him on there, it would be like kind of crazy, you know? Just from like what I've been hearing and what I've been making for the last like six months, it's like, you know, I don't know. All right, well, listeners of the Ish Plus Six podcast, you guys know what to do. Hit up the weekend on um, (laughs) on all socials. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Cool. So I want to know, actually, this is a question that I do ask quite a lot of artists, but they don't seem to know too much about it. Um, What's the weirdest playlist that you've seen yourself added to? Can you, if you can even see the playlist that you get added to? Yeah, I got this one. Uh, well, some of them are really funny, right? Like, some of them are just, like, funny names. Like, oh, this is for driving 150 miles per hour. Like, yeah. Like, that, like that's cool, right? But then there's, all there's like, the playlist that, like, add me with, like, the weird music, which is what I like even more. Because it's like, wait a second. Why are you listening to me in the middle of all of this, right? Like, I, I had this one this one song. The, the one song is uh, Summertime, which is, like, this really hype song. And the yeah. end is like this giant beat switch, and it's like this this really cool thing, and it's in the middle of a bunch of like Radiohead, and I'm I'm like I don't know what that's about because Radiohead's like really depressing and really like oh I you know I better just go to sleep and never wake up type stuff, and it's like oh wow like why am I in the middle of this like I, I don't want to be here, <laughs> and it's like that's probably like one of the weirdest pl- but like it's cool though because it's like it's interesting to see where other people come from and like you know where how they take my music and stuff and it's just i don't know i think it's really sick yeah the yeah that's probably the weirdest stuff um yeah <laughs> you know it's it's funny you mentioned summertime actually because my next question was will we as the listeners ever get the second half of summertime as its own track <laughs> what do you think oh, what do you my... think <laughs> okay here's the thing here's the thing i would be so down to put it on like soundcloud or youtube or something right like i would do that 100 percent and but the thing is if i put it on spotify right the thing it would take away from the original track and that's yeah. like something that kind of i i don't want to be known for is like oh that's the guy who made that one be on tiktok i want to be the dude who is like oh that dude made summertime and that song is goaded for that b switch at the second half like that's kind of like where i'm coming from you know if it was just like summertime second half and that was my most played song that would just be, you know it would just kind of look like a i don't know but like, if it was on SoundCloud or YouTube or something, I would 100% get it up there. And that beat, I don't want to, you know, uh, hump my own ego. But the beat is crazy. I know. Like, I just, I love the beat too. And it's like, I know, I know how, I know that people want it and stuff. But like, I feel like if I put it on Spotify and Apple, it just would take away from the original song, you know. But yeah, uh, SoundCloud and YouTube, quite possibly. One hundred percent, man. Yeah, I mean, literally. <laughs> To be fair, I appreciate the entire track as its own track. I was just asking yeah. that because I know it's something that you get asked pretty regularly. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just thought it would be good to bring up here. Um, but that's yeah. that's cool though. The idea of it being its own solo track on SoundCloud because the thing is, what you want to avoid is just being known for a TikTok song because then yeah. you end up with one track that's got like a hundred million listens and then the next most mm-hmm. popular one has like what 100,000 or something so yeah and it's I've seen it happen to a lot of different artists so yeah mm-hmm. that's I don't know it's just something you that I personally would want to avoid and I'm sure you do as well yeah it's it's cool though because like the thing with the thing with like I would say like the thing with what happened with summertime when it blew up 
I think if it was just a standalone song, it kind of would have been like, oh, all right, whatever. But like it was on the album still in traffic cones, right? So due to summertime blowing up, all the stuff around it gained traction as well as like a bell curve because it was yeah. like, oh, this is part of the same little series. This is part of the same album. Let me check this out. And then people got listened to that song and they listened to this song and they add those to their playlist. And it's like, oh, wait, this is kind of sick. And then since I've made that album instead of just one song, people kind of taking more of an artist instead of just as a one hit wonder type thing. I think that's kind of like, that's kind of like the main reason I like albums more than singles. Like I still release singles, don't get me wrong, but like albums is like releasing in bulk and stuff. It just proves that you can make a cohesive thought instead of just like little spurts of like, oh, here's a song, listen to it. Oh, give me a hundred streams now. Oh, here, you know, it's like, I'm more about the art instead of just the, like the views, you know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm at. I but get yeah. you, man, yeah. I get you. That's that's really cool, yeah. And to be fair, I honestly prefer I prefer well paced albums to um to singles mm-hmm. myself as well. So I completely get that. Um Yeah. So my final question before I let you go on your way, Mr. Scuba Diver, um, the one and only <laughs> I ask this question to um everyone on the podcast and it's just something that, you know, just helps to close things out really nicely. Uh you are heard by everyone on earth for five seconds what mm. do you say oh man okay i've actually thought about this like like just just like randomly you know just like you know you think about this type of stuff yeah oh let me think oh man because this is a big one um there's like a, there's like a, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of options you can go like the comedic route you could go like the existential route you could go like the plug route the comedic crew would be like, I don't know, something like uh, the simulation is broke. No, it's like just like the simulation is broken. I don't know. Something like that. And everybody hears it. The existential route would be something like, um, I am God. I am real. Believe in me. Right. And then you're gone. That's it. And then everybody hears it and they go crazy. It's, yeah. And then and the plug group would be like. Uh, listen to Scuba Diver on Spotify and Apple Music now. Like I don't know, but like I feel like I feel like the the one that would make probably the most sense, the one that would be more fun to me, would probably be like the God route, where it's like, hey, like, hey, I'm God, I'm real, believe in me, because the everybody world has would their just own, go insane yeah, overnight. Everybody just... would have their own idea of what it what happened and it would be so funny and i would be the only one who knew and it'd be hilarious <laughs> oh man yeah. yeah it would be insane that's like um, the plot of a movie or something that's, yeah <laughs> that's crazy man yeah i mean yeah yeah for me personally i feel like i'd probably take the plug route or something like that just tell them to listen to yeah. my demos or something i don't know man <laughs> but yeah <laughs> cool yeah. um other than that, I do think that that is a good place to close off this episode of the S Plus Six podcast. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, listen, Scuba Diver, do you have anything that you'd like to tell us all before we um, before we close off? You know, anything about any new releases coming soon or anything like that? Well, I'm thinking of releasing maybe a single before 2022, but I don't know. Uh, also, uh, new album. I touched on it a little bit, but it's really crazy. It's like, it's like, I don't. Okay, I know a lot of people say this. Oh, it's something you've ever heard before, bro. Check it out. It's <laughs> it's insane. But like, 
I've been I've been experimenting. I've been in the studio. I've been doing some weird stuff. There's stuff like I've genuinely like never heard. And like obviously it's not polished. I need to make it work. I need to make it fit. But like I feel I feel like once it gets polished enough and once it you know actually fits together cohesively, I think it could be like like probably like a like 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 a top tier album like I've ever heard. Like I'm like just not like I'm not I'm not trying to blast my own ego and put it <laughs> out and everything like that. I'm just like saying like if I was like a listener and I was I was listening to like what I heard and I just like looked back on it, I'd be like, whoa, that was like different. How did a 16 year old, 17 year old make that? Like, there's no way. Right. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. But yeah, new album, uh, probably early 2022, hopefully. Um, and yeah, pretty dope. I'm that's looking it. forward to it, man. I mean, literally. Thank you. Stealing Traffic Cones, when I first listened to it, it was like nothing I'd ever heard before. Like, there's stuff yeah. that's kind of like a little bit similar, but Stealing Traffic Cones is like something so innovative. Like the whole scuba diver clone skit that you did was just oh, yeah. insane. And when I was listening to that, I was like, hey, yo, this is crazy. This is crazy. I'm and, glad you um, like that. Yeah. Yeah, nah, it that's was crazy, cool. man. So yeah, listeners of the Ish Plus Six podcast, thank you for getting this far into the episode. Thank you for listening. Make sure you guys go and check out Scuba Diver's most recent single, Pop Song, and also his most recent album as well, Stealing Traffic Cones. My personal favorite tracks from that were Nolan, This Is It, and Opera. Make sure you guys go check it out. Um, Yeah, so uh, how do I usually end this? How do I usually end it off? It's usually... Thanks for listening. Keep it real, and I will see you later. Alligators.